Welcome to the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. This is your host, Big Jason. I'm discussing all things email marketing and answering your questions based on over 20 years of proven results, not guesswork. Big Jason, welcome to the third episode of the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. My special guest today is the one and only Bond Halbert, son of the greatest copywriter who ever lived, Gary Halbert. What's up, Bond? Fat Halbert. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All right. So today we're discussing a tale of two email marketers. Um, it's a story I'm directly involved in. There was two ambitious email marketers. They were vying for the top spot uh, in a special affiliate contest for SkyBuilder. It's a really cool piece of software that helps you build mobile apps. You may have heard of it. And uh, so I was hired by the gentleman, Greg Jacobs. Sorry about that. Uh, to help with the launch. And one of the key duties I had was to help super affiliates uh, with strategy, with email copy, custom swipes, and all that good stuff. So there's two affiliates in particular that stood out to me. One was not well known in the affiliate marketing space. He did mostly uh, warrior special offers, um, small low ticket items. The other one was a big time affiliate marketer. Uh, massive list, regular affiliate contests, uh, big ticket items. And I went to both of them because I knew who they were and I offered my advice. Now, you have to realize that I've done this before for even bigger contests such as the mainstream marketing machines Fusion launch with my Konix. We had over 10 affiliates that made over six figures in commissions. The entire top 10, I think even a few more. And I even... Uh, help them with their strategy and custom swipes. So the first guy, the big time affiliate marketer, he said, nah, it's okay, I'm good, I'm good. And again, it wasn't just him, there was quite a few people that were a little too big for their britches that thought they had things under control. Well, little did they know they had this little WSO guy who I was helping behind the scenes just crushed all of them. And the thing is, they could have the exact same help. I did, never gave him anything that I wouldn't have given to another affiliate, but nobody else wanted my help. Does that surprise you, Bond? Well, the ego gets in the way, and everybody's got their do-it-yourself, and you know they they don't even like a group idea that's proven to work as long as because it's not theirs. <laughs> so. That's true. That's very true. All right, so what were they competing for other than, you know, some really cool prizes? Uh, $30,000 in cash, and uh, if you're in the top 10, you get a mastermind trip. So that's what they're competing for. They both really wanted it. Um, Let me see here. All right, so... The one email marketer who accepted my advice, I was writing entire emails for him. I was optimizing his emails. Um, I looked over his entire strategy every step of the way. We were on Skype constantly. He was giving me ideas. I was giving him ideas. And again, everybody else could have had this same uh, strategy. And uh, one of the big things was I helped him know what was working and what wasn't through tracking. They had affiliate system 
and we were using sub ID. So he stopped doing some things and he started doing more of others because he knew that what was bringing in the most money. And you can do that too in your emails through Google Analytics, Clicky, stuff like that. You can know exactly which emails are bringing in the most money, uh, which ones are uh, influencing your list the most through Google Analytics. And then another thing was, it was down to the wire. And again, I reached out to all affiliates. I could have been just, you know what, screw you, you don't want my help. But at the last second I said, hey, how are you doing in the standings? Let me see where you are, okay. Well, I've got, this, I've got some ideas. Do you want to hear them? No, I think I'm good. And uh, once again, this little WSO marketer uh, listened to me and he generated over $40,000 in commissions the last day. And everybody else could have done the same thing, but he had a unique value proposition because he was the only one doing it. Because they all assumed that it wasn't worth it. But I knew differently based on my experience. That just shows you that adequacy is the enemy of excellence, is Dr. Flint. That's why I go to the Marketing Sherpa Email Summit every year. Uh, next week is going to be my ninth year going. Um, bond, did you say you were going to be going? Someone would get response, or did yeah. that not work out? Well, I'm I'm still waiting to hear about that. I'm actually what's going on. I'm doing something with get response, but I've got to do my part next. <laughs> okay. So it's all on me, and yeah, I'm, I'm I am trying to get my butt out there. All right, cool. All right, so lessons learned. Adequacy is, adequacy is the enemy of excellence. You can always do better. Uh, you should always be educating yourself, finding out what works and what works the best, and not just taking people's uh, word for it. So every year I go to the email summit, I just don't blindly follow their advice. For instance, on another one of their summits, the Optimization Summit, I found out about the truth with Obama's 2012 re-election campaign where everybody was just blindly following him. Well, I found out that some of the things they did, they only did because it was Obama. They didn't do the same things with his wife, or some of his staff because it was specifically for Obama and they knew through testing that stuff for Obama didn't work with other people. So I found out that, but one of the things I noticed in their emails was uh, they like to use the URL for the links, straight out naked link in the email. And I asked about that and they said they really didn't see a huge result but that's just the way some of the writers were going so they just wanted to be consistent. So. One of my big clients in the golf niche, they had all their e emails with calls to action using uh, linked words, like click here to see this, click here to see that. Split tested it, and nope, click here in their market works perfectly. Uh, I tested about five, six, maybe even eight times, and believe every time but once the click here uh, text linked works. So that's just an example of finding out what works best for you. Do you see that a lot, uh, Bond? People just blindly doing stuff without knowing it works? Bond, we can't hear you. I had my mute thing on. Um, I always find that when I'm testing and everything, um, I'll be interested in a certain aspect. And no matter what I test, I find these surprises. Like lately, I test timing a lot more. 
Okay, you know, because the one thing that's re uh, really important is, you know, timing that changes who you are throughout the week. You're a different person on Monday morning than you are on Friday evening. You're interested right. in different things. You're thinking different things. You have different things you're susceptible to doing, you know, where other things you don't want to do it. I call it the no disco on Monday effect. You know, nobody wants to think about disco dancing and going out partying on Monday morning. Right. But so. But the one thing, you know, I'm just giving you an example of that. So I'll do simple tests and split tests and I'll do these different things and I will get shocked, you know, because I'll make the assumption, you know, in mail order, we always assume that, you know, the best day for an income op was Tuesday. You know, everybody was no longer worried about the Monday blues and trying to get through that, that thing. Like with emails and stuff, everybody says Monday's a great time to get open. Well, that's just because the statistics show you that a lot of people are, you know, who check their emails a couple times a week, definitely do it Monday morning. Right. But Monday morning, the first time you check your email in the morning, you're doing it with your finger on the delete button, right? right. <laughs> you know? And so what I found that I really like is I like my emails to, you know, arrive more like 10 a.m., you know, because everybody's checked their emails by 9, you know, sure. and then you're you're not in that cram spot. But anyway, so the one thing that I think is really important that I – the only thing I want to add there is don't just measure the one thing, the click-through, the open, the you know, anything. If you can, you want to measure the money. It's, you know, it's right. always, that's the most important part. Do fewer people open on Sunday morning, but actually buy more on Sunday morning? That's the, the really important question. Right. And so, but the other thing is what I was going to just add to what you're talking about is I love test results. That's why I love watching certain people on stage because they're just, they give these test results and that's where I'm always taking notes and I don't take notes most of the time. And the thing is those test results come in. And I'm always like guessing, okay, this one beat that one, but no matter, and I'm usually right, but there is always like one out of 10 or whatever, I'm dead wrong and I'm totally shocked by it. And that's what, right. you know, you're talking about, which is, you know, the naked links seem really like a good, honest, you know, upfront, no, you know, straightforward, you know, if for more savvy people on the internet, it's like, you know, they're not hiding anything or playing any games. There's no, you know, there's no cooking and all this other stuff involved. To other people, or they're being honest about it. The other people, they need that you no know, click here. <laughs> they don't just need click here. They need, you know, they need right. the button going click here. <laughs> so I think you. I'm just going to reaffirm what you're saying. You're 100 percent right. The timing for your product and your services, the timing for your offers are different depending on from industry to industry, from personality to personality. What people like about one guy you know, or one restaurant, they might like one restaurant, you know, was their Friday place to go to, you know, and other, other restaurants, they're like, you know, the only time I'd go there is on a weekday. <laughs> but so even within the industry, your own, you know, your own particular even micro market can end up with its own timing. And timing is just one of the many variables to test besides wording and images versus non-images, everything. And the one thing that I will say and add to what you say is not only test everything, but test the stuff you really think won't work just to, you know, because right. you'll learn that lesson. If you know, if you know, the thing is when you try, somebody teaches you something, try it once really quickly because either a, it doesn't work. You're not going to waste your time thinking about it or building a campaign around this Facebook, you know, like viral idea that, that doesn't really happen for you or it's going to work. And if it works, that lesson's burned into your brain in the way that no amount of studying will ever, you know, will ever do for you. You know, because, you know, once you do that one thing and you're like, well, that improved my rate 125 percent. I don't think I'm going to, you know, I don't think I'll stop doing that. <laughs> you right. know, but anyway, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just reaffirming what you're saying.
Sammy just pinged me. If you guys don't know Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. Cool. I just referred him to um, design guru Ryan from Australia, graphic designer. Him and Amit needed a graphic designer. Cool. If you guys don't know, Sammy Markowitz and Amit are uh, two other famous Halbert protégés like Bond, and uh, we've worked together before. I uh, wrote emails for Sammy and Amit's $8 billion um, skincare uh, company. Did I say eight billion? I meant eight figure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so we got a comment from Carl. I'm sure you're not surprised. Carl's one of my most active students, right? Um, Bond, I study your father like a scientific disciple. I learn everything I can, so thanks to Jason and yourself for alerting me to Gary's work. Yeah, he's he was the bomb. I mean, you know, his lessons are being, you know, reused and repurposed and stuff like that for the modern world, but, you know, stuff is still solid gold in its core. And it, you know, it really works. And you're very welcome. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of his work too, so I'll always, you know, <laughs> help to keep it out there. Right. Oh, you know, you have another question here about how to use Google Analytics. Yeah, I'm going to answer that in a second. I'm going to okay. do a quick recap of uh, the lesson. And uh, this is what I got on my uh, bookshelf that I see all the time. Gary Halbert's How to Make Maximum Money in Minimum Time, 16 of the Fastest Cash-Producing Secrets Known to Man, a confidential report by Gary C. Halbert. Great stuff. All right, so a recap, a tale of two email marketers. Again, like I said, adequacy is the enemy of acts. Excellence, uh, don't get too big for your britches, even I don't. Um, I've actually had two A-plus copywriters on projects that I've done actually get pissed and tell me to stop sending my emails to them for review because they thought they were fine, but I'm just like, I'm with an A-plus copywriter. It's like, I mean, you know, who am I? I wanted them to check it out. Um, and that's why I go to the email summit every year. So, you know, you can always get better. You can always learn. Um, never assume someone will say no. So that was another big key is that me and this WSO guy, we did stuff that no one else did because we asked. We asked the product owner. I came up with the idea, and uh, I said, hey, man, can't hurt. And every single time they said yes. Uh, not the size of the list many times. A lot of times it's the quality of the list and relevance of the offer. This guy had a much smaller list, and I've heard that – if you get a relevant list, sometimes you only need like a thousand. Sometimes I'll hear 500, but I've actually seen where you can get away with just a list of 200 to 300. If they're really targeted, it's really relevant. So sometimes a huge list is not the key. And again, track everything so you know what works best and what doesn't work. And like Bond was saying, you know, revenue is the key. It doesn't matter if you try and trick or persuade people into clicking your email. That's the big trend today is really short, blind emails, getting as many people to click on the link, but they don't realize a lot of times that you're sending all the non-targeted people, the non-qualified people, and your really relevant qualified leads that really want to see the offer, a lot of times they're not going because, you know, why should they? There's nothing in it for them. There's no benefit. There's no uh, specifics. So you really want to focus 
more on being clear than persuasive. What do you think about that, Bond? Um, I agree. The um, you know the the reason you measure the clicks or I mean you measure the money is because that's the end goal and the, the most important part. But you know I I actually believe that you know I teach people to use a lot of curiosity and to get you don't give away a farm but you always are trying the ultimate goal is to get the curiosity tied in with a benefit and a story and a hook that is continuous. The, yep. You know, the last thing you want to do is disappoint your list. So you get them all the hype and, you know, you talk about all of this stuff. And then, you know, every time they go to it, they feel like, oh, he had me all excited. This is all there is. And the thing is, your list is a relationship that you're building over this period of time, you know. And right. so even if you're doing it with an autoresponder, even if you're doing it with two or three emails, even if you're doing a one hit wonder, you know, for something people buy once and never need again. You are um, uh, you're setting off the tone uh, as well as the mood in that relationship. And so let's suppose I you know I do trick you to get and it does work. I get a hundred percent open rates. How, what percentage of the people feel tricked when they get into it, or feel right. disappointed, or feel let down? And the thing is, it's not an emotion. What you want, if you read a really great ad, you'll see them capture the emotion, the attention, everything, and they'll hook you with some interest. And now you're hooked. But they tell you a tale and you'll notice the momentum and the goodness building and building and building and building. Right. They don't go, hey, we got what you really, 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 really need. Not really. You know, I was, you know, <laughs> and then, to, you know, back that all down and tone it down. So the thing is, you've got to have to be, it's continuity is incredibly important um, for that relationship that you're building. And you no, know, if you, yep. you know, just, and again, you know, I'm the king of open rates and it's like, you know, that doesn't mean anything compared to the money. And as far as your list thing that you're mentioning, I can, I can attest to it. I've seen big, big, big lists not be able to compete with lists that are only a few thousand names. And it was right. just, it was the quality of the list, the way that the names were generated. One had what I call a pile names, you know, primary email addresses that went to, you know, went right to people. They signed up because they really wanted to hear from this person and not miss a thing yeah. where other, where other people, you know, they signed up for a free thing. They're never even going to see that. That you know, that email address was given to a cop that that, that they started ignoring six months ago. <laughs> right. You know, but there's a hundred thousand names on that list. <laughs> I see so, it all the time. Yeah, and uh, and it yeah, and, and the thing is, you you just again, the money tells you the, the tells the tale, and you can never be taken away. Like you know, right now there's this thing on Facebook where people are talking about Facebook ads and you know how much of the likes are auto generated or whatever it is. It's still a measurement of money in, money out, money out. You know, did you put, you know, did you get more money back <laughs> than you put out in the, excuse me, than in the advertising? Right. You know, if you know that, it's a go, and it yeah. works. If you do, if it doesn't pan out, you should have figured that out regardless of what your click through rate and your like, you know, and all the other stuff is. Right. And, uh, no, and it's not only just about money; it's about how much money. Because as you know, I work with lists. You know, sometimes in the millions and multiple hundreds of thousands and they can send go buy this and make money but uh, when I'm split testing I found out what really makes the most money and that's really that's really key there too no absolutely all right so good old Carl has some questions you guys have any questions now's the time uh, Carl wants to know uh, the old lists are very hard to wake up as they're was a two-month gap as we changed autoresponders. Any clues to get them to respond better to emails? Um, do a free Google Hangout like this and 
tell a series of stories because that's what I've been doing when I'm, I started my new coaching program and I basically told a story based off of uh, the TV show Heroes. And what was funny is that I just didn't promote it to my email list. I have some old lists and I contact that are for social media and search engine optimization. So <laughs> I used to be a search engine optimization specialist for the Miva Merchant Shopping Cart, but not anymore. And lo and behold, these old lists sometimes responded just as well or even better than the email lists uh, because I told a story, I engaged them. And I was actually shocked myself. It's kind of like, uh, well, I'm going to try and revive these guys or they're just going to get off. And to my surprise, I had maybe out of 7,000 emails sent over a period of six days, I had maybe four unsubscribes the whole time and no spam complaints. Wow, that's pretty great. Yeah. I, I would add to that, um, create three really great pieces of content. It can be a Google Hangout, it can be videos, it could be whatever, but very highly targeted to why they signed up on that list. Yep. And then use some. You're going to put most of your time really into actually the subject line of getting those emails open. And the reason for that is you're reengaging a relationship. And I always say this about timing with the autoresponders: you mail at least once per week until they can't forget who you are. Okay, right. because once they forget who you are, then they mark, oh, I, you know, who is that? I don't. Why am I getting all this mail? Spam button. <laughs> yep. You know, mess up your deliverability and all that. But you mail often until they can't remember, you know, they will not forget who you are. And then when you mail the list, like with us, we have an autoresponder set up. But when we don't mail it, like we haven't in a while, when we do mail, people are like, oh, yeah, they're mailing again. And they get excited and they, they open the thing. So once you've mailed enough to that relationship, but when you're trying to reignite that relationship, here's the thing that I tell people. The person that you remember the most, that you want to hang out with the most, is somebody you spent a good amount of time with. You had a really great time and, you know, it was a very productive area or time that you had with them. And then now you don't see them quite as often. They kind of pop in randomly every once in a while. But the only time that they do, they bring goodness and light and wonderfulness to your life, right? Those are the people, like, you know, you can't wait to see again. So when you want to re-engage that list that was going, you need to find out why, the, you know, you got to speak to their heart of why they signed up. I mean, find the most salacious and wonderful, you know, best content that you can, but you want to get, you want to get them opening it and you want to get them engaged and you would probably want to do it three times and that would re-warm up the list in my opinion. And it's, you know, it's because... You know, that that somebody can't just pop in and rekindle a complete friendship and, you know, re, you know, revamp an, an entire relationship. But, you know, they can pop in, then they can pop in again, a, you know, a week later or two weeks later, and then they got another one and they do it about three times. And now you're like back to back to buddy, buddy again. Right. And, you know, the thing that I like to think about is people talk about my copywriting or they'll talk about uh, uh, email marketing and everything. But the thing is, what you're learning is the same thing that you do in life. The, you know, the email marketing is relationships. Copywriting is just a conversation or salesmanship. You know, I mean, you know, if, when people say something, and I've had big people say, you know, man, you sound right and sound a lot like your dad. What do you think? I'm sitting, I grew up listening to him trying to convince people to why to make his burger the right way or to do, you know, persuading people in life and in general all the time. So the way he persuades is, uh, you know, just like everybody grows up learning the persuasion techniques of their parents. And, you know, email marketing is just relationship building. So when you think about it, think about it that way, you know, and it's, you know, 
it's based on, you know, your relationships are based on the same thing, frequency of contact, quality of, you know, the experience they have with you and everything like that, yep. you know, and it's not right. You know, that's the other thing. It's not really rocket science. We all have relationships in our lives. <laughs> you just got to understand how to break that down and apply it. Hey, Bob, we need to work on your lighting. You got stripes all across your face. Oh, that's my, uh, let me see what I can do. <laughs> Hey guys, if you're watching live, um, you'll notice at the top of the right of the Woo. screen that uh, there's some tweet and some Facebook uh, buttons. So if you could go ahead and like and share it, that would be awesome. This is some really good stuff, and we're not stopping. Got a few more questions here. Uh, Lawton says, uh, "Are you describing me, Bond Halbert?" Uh oh, <laughs> my little yeah. buddy Lawton. Somebody dug him out of the snow in Atlanta. Oops, you gotta watch out for him. <laughs> All right. Um, Carl says, Jason Bond, I'm working with a pretty well-known marketer doing his emails for a percentage of the profits. What about it, Carl? What's your question? Uh, we'll move on to the next one until he answers his back. Uh, Carl, which of Gary's books did you buy? That's a it's an email lesson. You got to be specific, and clear. Bond, uh, do you feel that emails differ greatly depending on the niche? Um, for example, images, wording, length, timing. If so, what is the greatest difference you have observed? Yes, I do think that there are difference in what people expect. So, for example, I think that you can go to, um, you can mail people who are truly addicted to a certain thing, and you can mail them a whole bunch of great gossip and everything, and they'll read the longest emails you could write. <laughs> there are some people who, you know, what they they want the quickest bit of information, and they have absolutely no concern for what they are. Uh, you know, for any of the little extra details, they want, you know, narrow this down to this, this, this. They want an alert. Basically, it's like an alert. And I'd say that that's the extreme. I would say with, um, you know what, I'll give an extreme. The Gary Halbert letter of emails that we write or that we put together for that, they're all long or we reproduce one of my dad's long copy stuff and put it on the Gary on the Go program. And what happens is, you know, people there want a good meaty chunk of something to read for about 10, 15 minutes because they've gotten used to that. They've gotten used to that sort of that newsletter length and stuff like that. And then I look at deal of day sites, you know, where right. you know, like a Groupon alert where they're like, you know, just get to the deal, just get to the point that I, you know, that I wanted and I signed up for. And again, it all, it all boils down to that expectation. But I think the best, but here's the thing. Don't worry about whether, you know, you, if you really, if you have an ongoing autoresponder, you'll test long copy versus short copy, and you really should. Just take your long copy, go through it, give it the so what test. Read every line and imagine you're the most cynical kind of, you know, buyer possible and make sure that you're saying, well, does this apply to me? What do I care? You know, imagine the name is not yours. And then cut out anything that's not super, you know, relevant and exciting and thrilling and all that. And test a short versus a long version. But when it comes down to an ongoing, like, you know, writing and blogs and, and emails, because it's kind of the similar thing, I find that what you want to do is you say as much as you need to to the point and then, you know, cut it and make it as brief as possible because the attention spans are not the same as they used to be. I mean, 
you know, you used to be able to send a package that thick to somebody, you know, in a 58-page sales letter. Right. I, I really don't think that that gets away with anybody nowadays. You know, I mean, and and the other thing that's also really important is um, the 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 method. So, for example, you everybody's got a certain understanding. Like, if I say, "Hey, Jason, you know, I want you to listen to try out this music," you will give it a minute, okay, to say, "Okay, I'll try it." Now, give it a minute. To, you know, that's what you've allotted in your mind to determine whether or not you like the song or a type of music. Um, if I say, you know, check out this show, you'll give it a half an hour, you know, whether it's a sitcom or the Sopranos or something like that. Right. If I say, here, read this newsletter, okay, you're not going to give it, you know, it becomes, okay, well, I'm going to get to this when I get home, you know, because it's 12 pages of print and stuff like that. So the thing is, emails are very, very much in a similar way like that. And, the, and there's just one quick trick that, you know, that a lot of the marketers use to get around it which is you're online. The beautiful thing is you can leave all the expansive stuff under a subhead that's expandable when people click on it or for more information or what have you. So when you, you know, so there's, so you can, so the thing is you can write as long as you want to and as, and as much as you need to, and then visually have it all very compacted. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, and so what I both in the way that you do this with email is the, you know, the longest part of your pitches are usually taken to somewhere else off of the email, like link here to this sales page that they go read and so forth. If the pitch is short enough, they throw it right there in the email and you just have to test back and forth as to which one works better. And I would, and you know, that's the one, the one, the only absolute in marketing is that there's no absolutes in marketing. There absolutely is none. There are some instances where you could take that sales page, put it right into the email and you'll do better because you're not waiting for people to click and go to the sales page. There are other times where it's like, no, that's too long. They look at it and they go, oh, my God, you know, you, you really were going to expect me to read all that in an email? Right. And so, that you know, they're out of there. So just test that back and forth. It's easy enough to do. And, again, test the dollars, not the clicks. And um, just remember that you can, you can compartmentalize online. That's the beauty of it. You can say, here, see what others say, and then they open it, and they don't see just the three testimonials. They see the, the 50, 500 that you wanted to post. You know, and that's the other great thing about online is when you take – and you can do this in emails too because an email nowadays, that's the, that's the really cool thing. Email is now like an HTML web page. You can put in the frame and have all your testimonials on the right and have that to like click here for more, <laughs> you know, and you can right. and you can do all of that stuff. And so everything is compartmentalized so that the person is who they want. Uh, the, the, the part that speaks to somebody goes right to it. So like, for example, when it comes to buying a car, there's a whole bunch of people who want to know the most number one reason people buy a car is the way it looks. It's the number one reason. The first thing they do is go, I'm not driving anything dorky or I don't like or anything. So they go they go through all these things and say, these are the kind that, that fit my style. Then there's the engineers, the guys who are like, I'll buy the car, but I want to know the gas mileage. I, you know, They really want to know the, the warranty and all that other info. Well, online, let's suppose you're doing an email campaign for that. You can have your big image in the middle, but you can have right. your big, big word that says, see all the specs here. So the engineer can go right there and get his specs. You know, somebody who's like, well, I need a relationship and stuff like that. They've got the copy there for that. Somebody else, you know, they, you know, I need to trust that I know what I'm doing. So I want to see what others say. Here's what others say. And, you know, so the thing, so I guess let me to sum this up and make what I always make too long winded brief. 
write as much as you want, throw it all in there, and then use those techniques to compartmentalize it so that visually it looks really simple. That's the key. The key is to look at make the key is to make sure nobody goes, oh, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired looking at it. Once you get past that, it's fine. And my dad, you know, with the newsletters, they were eight to twelve pages. And here, you know, um, so with the newsletters, I don't want to go into. There's another story that's another great lesson for it. But here's the thing: when he took it online, he tr did try to get it so that they were page by page by page instead of one long thing containing the whole newsletter. Because the way that he wrote the newsletter was designed towards getting up to a crescendo in his, in his tempo to, to leave you on a cliffhanger to make you turn the page, right? right? But the thing is, when you go online, the reason for doing that is you see one page. And you go, I can, I can read this first page. So if that's another trick that you can use online. If you want them to see your 58-page sales letter, don't put it on one huge long page. You know, you put it in those expanding sections or have it flip page by page by page, like a PDF type of thing. So, you know, that that would be because the whole point is you can never be too long, you can only be too boring. But there's let me add the modern equivalent to that. You could be too freaking frightening to even start the process. <laughs> right. You know, because if you look at a disclaimer, they're exactly the, they're designed to not be read. Look, it's all caps. There's no paragraphs. It just looks like one long, huge run on a sentence. Hard to keep track of where you are and everything. You look at that. You get tired even thinking about the reading a disclaimer. And you know, there's going to be somebody watching this goes, I read disclaimers all the time. <laughs> well, that's a problem. Right. Uh, speaking of testimonials, that brings something up. Um, did you hear about this famous copywriter? So he's got an email list that I'm on, and he goes, yeah, I s don't use testimonials in your emails. Just dogmatic, don't use testimonials in your emails. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And uh, so I was like, oh, let's see what he have to say. And he tested it one time. Uh, which was interesting because you never want to test something in email one time because there's so many different variables you want to repeat the tests. Uh, for instance, when I was writing for um, Craig Clemens, uh, his brother asked me one day, he's like, why did you use emails into uh, images in today's email? And I'm like, because it works. Uh, the you, the list really responds to it. Like, but I thought you did a split test in the plain text version one. And I said it did. It won one out of nine times. And... Uh, so anyways, back to this copywriter. He, he's only tested uh, testimonials versus benefits one time. He tested two segments of 20,000, which on a landing page with paid traffic, you might think that's pretty good. But with email, with deliverability and like time of day, a lot of times 20,000 is not enough data a lot of times. Of course, he didn't reveal all the data, so you don't really know. That's another point. And then the last thing I thought was, wait, so you did one only one split test with a small segment, because I'm typically testing segments of at least 100K. Um, but I was like, so did you follow up that split test with um, benefits versus benefits and testimonials? No, he only tested benefits versus testimonials. He, I'm like, why didn't you use both? Because on, as I'm sure you know, some of your best benefits come from testimonials. So I thought that was kind of odd. What do you think? 
Well, okay, there, I will say there's one thing I'm going to disagree with you on. I think, still think 20,000 can be a good test. I think oh, I know, oh, I know that. Oh, I okay. A lot of times it, it can't be. I know oh, personally. No, at, well, it, yeah, and it depends on, you know, we, we tested 20,000 names that came in this morning versus 20,000 names that came in, you know, a week ago. Big difference, right? Right. <laughs> um, that, that also makes a huge difference. But if you're doing straight A-B split testing, that's true. And the other thing is you never, you know, I, I know a lot of people are fans with the test three variable thing. I'm I'm very old school, you know, monkey marketer. I test one variable at a time. So I would test a thing with benefits and without benefits or with testimonials and without. I would never test it testimonials versus benefits. You know, and the other thing is right. it also depends on your testimonial. It's like saying images improve or don't improve. What images right. are you talking about? You know, I mean, there you know, there's some images that are boring and unenticing. They don't they're not engaging. Some images are just too salacious to ignore, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, I mean, you know, so my, my thinking is you can't just test, you know, let's suppose you're testing images versus not, you can't just test an image. You got to test images, right. <laughs> you know, and see how, and see how it goes um, overall. And yes, you got to test multiple times and no, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to test one variable versus another when you, because yeah, you're, it's not a fair it's not a fair test, you know when you're right. you know because testimonial and the other thing is it, let's use it you know who it is from, you know a testimonial from whom, is it right. from Gary Gary Halbert? Is it from a guy nobody's ever heard of before? You know they can they can make you know sometimes the testimonial the name you dropped was so so alarming, that you know everybody had to you know stop in awe. Sure. You know. Um, yeah, I love Vaughn's course. It was great. I got a lot out of it. The end. Excellent. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Uh, let's go to Lawton. Um, time limit. Do you think um, launches are spread out too long? like seven days long. Um, it all depends. Sometimes I see that when they're spread out really long, it's out of desperation because their launches suck. Um, but no, if you have a really good launch and you've built a huge momentum and you've got a ton of sales coming in and the more emails you send, the more money you're making because again, depending on the list, depending on the season sometimes, uh, a lot of people are not reading your initial emails and then you're catching them up because you're creating uh, additional emails with different hooks. You're catching the people that maybe missed some emails before. Um, yeah, if, if you got some great content and some great momentum, you can keep it going for, you know, up, even up to three weeks sometimes I see. So again, it all depends on the quality of the launch. Sometimes you're just beating a dead horse and it's best just to cut your losses and try and do better next time. Come up with something more relevant, something that uh, sparks the in the mind of the end user what do you think bond oh i think you know when it, i think the launches i kind of look at them as like parties you know you can start telling people about a party and getting them excited about three weeks out at the most you know you know you, you just can't get people all generate you know all excited about super bowl in june <laughs> you know it just doesn't happen and so you know and i and i and i think the length of it can uh gets greater the more epic or the more truly unique the product or the project or the launch is. So if you're coming out with somebody's, you know, Facebook scraper, 
right now. <laughs> you know, and I don't think that really it needs to be a very long launch. I think if you're coming out with something that is truly unique to your market and, you know, is really, uh, it's a prime, and, and the reason for this is it's the ability for the product or the idea or the subject to build its own buzz. So, for example, you know, if I say I got this new thing and what it does is it allow you know, it gets you the snail mail addresses of everybody who's on Facebook. You know, it's a new type of scraping that nobody right. else has ever heard of. And we're showing these, you know, we're doing these launches and showing you how this is making money and so forth and so on. Then, you know, that's deserving of a much bit, you know, people go, oh, that's a new thing. I Did you hear, you know, it's something people will talk about. There are, su are certain subjects that you just can't get people to talk about for three weeks straight. It's just, you know, it's it gets played out in a week quite easily. Right. So, we'll do, you know, for me, I still, I, seven days is absolutely the shortest I would do a launch with. I, I don't, I can't imagine doing a, you know, you know, I could do a three, you could do a three day launch if you're selling something that was a one off, you know, that you're going to, you know, you're selling one webinar for a week or something. But for the most part, seven days is, you know, I would say a minimum for the launch. And I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't go beyond three weeks usually. Yeah. It's a good cut off. If you have a good launch going. All right. Do you have any more time or should we wrap this up? We got a little more time, but let's not do four hours like we did that one day. Well, yeah, let's, keep, <laughs> keep, let's just keep our answers brief, and we'll be good. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Lawton wants to know: uh, launch email content. Any big blunders you see over and over again, Jason? That we should not do. Let's see. Content blunders. Um, Bond's mentioned this before when we've had talks is what's in it for me or them. And I see a lot of product creators coming up like, oh, I think that's really cool. Like I remember some behind the scenes stuff that a client wanted to use. And I'm just like, I looked at the videos and I'm like, why? These add nothing. Uh, it's not even that interesting. They're like really short and abstract and weird stuff. And uh, I replaced them with some really good content instead. So. I've seen that, but nothing too, nothing that really stands out to me. Emails, I've seen a lot. Um, I've tested price versus benefit. What's really going to drive the click-through and the sales? And a lot of times, not all the times, but a lot of times the benefit uh, beats the price. And I've seen a lot of clients, um, after they try to do a launch without me, and my good buddy Jonathan Drake uh, has seen this before, uh, the client not really knowing what works best, went, bashed them over the head with the price with no real benefit, and um, I still had access to the stats, and I could see that the launch wasn't doing really well. Um, so I've seen that a lot, is just bashing, bashing the list over and again with the same angle, the same hook, when it's not working. You see anything uh, repeatedly, Bond? Um, well, the, actually, one, a common one that I see from other people on lists that I'm on, I'm like, why aren't you in a mobile optimized template? <laughs> you know, which is funny because you're the one who told me that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but ever since, you know, I've been a major fan and it's just, you know, that just goes to show you learn from everybody, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't ever assume that you know it all. And um, I, I'm a consummate, you know, you know, student of marketing and direct marketing and copywriting and, and everything. You know, I don't, I never make the assumption I know it all. But 
um, I think that what I think what I want to expand upon that what you said is you know people make that that mistake of putting you know hey look at me look at me and they do the look I've got all these this light shining on me and these wonderful people love me and I'm hanging out with these famous people and look I'm on CNN and stuff like that. Right. Um, they're doing that all for credibility, and in some markets that where credibility is lacking, that's what they need. Okay, and so they they do that. But what happens is sometimes they take that to a market, and they're or cold traffic, where that is absolutely totally irrelevant. That nobody, you know, the guy doesn't care one iota about you, and what he wants to, you know, I mean, he he. He heard here. He wants to see some proof that you know what you're talking about, that you know your expertise, or that your product delivers the what he needs, you know, and, and whatever that is. And so you, they don't make the transition in making in, in understanding um, that this was something that worked well in this area, but it's not working well now because some people find something that works and they stick with it and beat it to death. So what right. you you know so somebody finds that hook and they go this was a great hook it got me a great open rate and everybody had a lot of attention and they loved it and then they beat that to death you know I mean they you know they just went on that that same theme and that same hook and they not only didn't change up but when they go to pay traffic or it's a totally different system you know where people aren't questioning who you are they're questioning what you got <laughs> and right. it it changes and so I always like to perform that whole you know so what test. You know, just imagining that guy going, so what does this have to do with me the entire time? Yeah. Why why do I care? You know, I don't care that you're Gary Halbert's son. I want to see, you know, tell me a copy trick that will actually work. <laughs> Definitely. Um, one last thing about uh, what I was saying, price versus uh, benefit. Uh, one of the things that's really cool about something that I covered in Email Response Warrior, um, of course that Bond was actually I guess on one of the webinars was um, value proposition and you can actually discover your value proposition in your email by testing. You can find out what really grabs uh, your consumers, especially in a product launch and uh, Austin McCraw from Mech Labs, uh, the largest marketing research and optimization company, uh, went over that with my list. So if you're a member, you definitely want to check that out your questions are a good place to get that too. Your feedback from your buyers, right? Because sometimes you get something back from them that you know, like you were talking about your testimony. You get your, you find your benefits in the testimonials. We had this one person send in a testimonial. It changed our marketing because what they had written was they said, you know, it was an ad breakdown. Kevin and I did, and they said, you know how your father teaches people to handwrite out these things by hand. We go, yeah. It goes, well, now I handwrite them out while listening to you guys. And it's like, I now I understand why I'm writing these things as I write them. And I was like, that's brilliant. Yep. <laughs> and so that became a, you know, that became a selling point and a, and a big point to plug. And, you know, you get a lot of that. You're, you're, you, sometimes, sometimes your stuff speaks to the audience in a way that you don't even, you didn't even think of. You had right. no idea that this was going to be so helpful to this segment of the population or that, you know, and that's why this group of people is really attached onto you. And just by hearing the benefits of what they talk about, say, man, you know, the, what your site was great. Now with this thing, I was worried about that, but now this care, you know, now I'm not worried about that ever again. And you weren't even thinking about that. And you right. would be surprised at how often that happens. Like, you know, what people take out of your course and say, that's the best part of it. 
you know, I'm always afraid because people turn to me and they go, hey, Bob, you remember? I remember that one thing you said. And I'm like, oh, no, God, please, whatever it was. <laughs> I hope it wasn't, you know, something totally embarrassing that ruined their right. life. But they usually turn around and they're like, you know, you were right. <laughs> and um, But I'm always shocked by it. You know, I'm always like, wow, you guys really. And the other thing is, you know, when you go and ask your audience questions and say, you know, what is it you'd like to hear from me and so forth, I'm usually always shocked at how basic of the info they still need or still want from from you. You know, I mean, it's and it's nice to go do that to be reassuring because you're like, you you know it so well. You're like, could they really be interested in this? You know, I mentioned that like two years ago. <laughs> but, you know, so that, that feedback is, is a great source for that as well. Sure. Hey, guys, if you're watching live, you'll notice on the right-hand side um, there's a pop-in that showed up. Because uh, I just mentioned my email response warrior, so if you're not a member, you can check that out. Uh, breakthrough email response strategy is based on over 18 years of proven results, not guesswork. Uh, so if you click on that button, it's not going to take you away. It's just going to open up in a new window. If you want to get back to the chat, you just click on the little chat icon. It's a pretty cool little feature of the uh, software I'm using for this Google Hangout called Webinar Jam. And also, I wanted to go ahead and show you Bonsite since we're at it. Uh, now you'll see the Gary Halbert letter, free advice from the greatest copywriter who ever lived. Just click on the check it out button. And uh, Bon and his brother Kevin uh, do a great job in maintaining their father's legacy over there. And it's, it's free and it's got some unbelievable information. And it's perfect for email copywriting. Just reading what uh, how Gary wrote his newsletters, it's amazing. Yeah. And and the, and the site now is more su more successful and more you know viewed than ever before. Nice. All right, I'm gonna go back to chat now. And, and I don't shill for people. Your course is actually very very good. It's got a lot of good content and good uh, resources in it. So thank you. No, it really is. Um, is there any way to test that you can test what type of product promos to send to a list? Apart from just testing opens and sales uh, using sub IDs, I sent one today to some fresh leads and got a load of unsubscribes and no sales so far. I thought it would be a good fit, but was wrong. It's in the I am niche uh, video marketing base. Uh, yeah, you can do surveys. Um, you can know where actually your list is coming from, uh, and you can use. Uh, different type of offers uh, to figure out if you get a huge response from a certain specific type of offer you can tag all those people that hey these guys are at least interested in maybe list building uh, the, other, so you, the other thing I would do is uh, go to Amazon go to uh, for both books and products mm -hmm. type in stuff that's in your realm and see what these people also bought you that's know because because, you know, what you'll find is, you know, these people who bought these books on copywriting are also into, you know, scientific advertising. And you find out those guys are also into, um, you know, uh, mail order. And you find the category, you know, not only just categories and stuff the, 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 that they're related to. Also look at that. So, you know, and um, but look into the you also bought. I actually use that as a resource like you wouldn't believe. One time me and my, my daughter got into the show and they ended the show and we're like, oh, this sucks. So I went on to Amazon typed in that show for the DVDs and saw what else they, those people bought and found new shows that, you know, were great. But anyway, yeah, so I would, I would just throw that in as a potential for letting you know what, what, 
you know, sideline things might fit into your niche. Good idea. Um, all right. Well, it is about four o'clock. Let me see if there's any quick questions here. Don't answer any questions from Lawton. <laughs> Mr. Chat. Uh, Carl, what did you want to know about the percentage of profits with the well-known marketer? Do you want to know how much you should charge them? Yeah, a lot of time those deals are pretty shady. They want you to do all the work, and they have a crappy list, and you, you write emails after emails, and you research and you research, and uh, some work, some doesn't, but typically you're not going to find that much profit. Uh, so typically, if someone wants to do it with me, I, I, I usually ask for a base plus percentage of profits. And it makes it... Because it's not, it, like, it's not it, like I'm sitting around not doing anything else. And what you want to do is also to make it easier for them, for palatable for them to say yes, is get a percentage on the increase if you're doing a, you know, if, you know, you're increasing their, their thing. And then... Um, the other thing that's the latest thing that I've been teaching people is put a cap on it, you know, and say, you know, look, you're going to pay me 5% of the profit up to $50,000 or $100,000, you know, because the truth is by the time it gets to fifty dollars or $100,000, these guys usually turn around and figure out a way of why your email is not worth it. <laughs> but, when, but when they realize that there's a cap and coming to an end, there's a better chance that they actually will come back and rehire you for it. <laughs> You know, nice. Because they do that all the time. You know, I'll get five percent, and then you know, once that amount gets to a certain amount, they screw you out of the money, and then they don't. They're awkward. They feel awkward. They don't even know how to come back and tell you they want to hire you again. And of right. course, because they screwed the deal, you tell them to go piss up a rope. <laughs> Seeing that happen a million times. But if you had set the deal and said, "Well, okay, we'll do this for a limit," because the great way to sell that is you say, "Look, I'm only going to charge you twenty percent of the change in the difference that I increase." And there's a limit to it, and so if I make you fifty thousand dollars, you know, and, uh, you know, if I if you had to pay me fifty thousand dollars, it means you made an extra million or whatever it is. Right. Um, someone wants to know what can they do to raise the money to afford uh, coaching for me? I'd say rob a bank, um, hit up uh, friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I, I do not endorse this. <laughs> no, uh, no, just keep doing what you're doing, plugging away, and uh, keep learning, keep sending this seminar, and, uh, you know, uh, keep at it. And once you are got the cash, you know, go ahead and uh, take me up on it. All right, it's 4.02, so we're going to cut it. Uh, there, so look forward to the replay. And uh, once again, Bond, thank you very much. The Gary Halbert thank letter. You for com. Me. Thank sure you. Thing, man. And don't forget bondhalbert.com. <laughs> That's right, bondhalbert.com. All right, guys, thanks again. Every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, same bunny time, same bunny channel. Uh, make sure you like this, share it, and all that good stuff. Tell your friends about it. And uh, We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you. See you, Bon. Bye-bye. This is Big Jason. Thank you so much for listening to the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. For more free information based on over 20 years of proven results, not guesswork, go to BreakthroughEmailMarketing.com. I'll see you next time.